Welcome back to Pardon the Confusion. We hope you're a regular listener. If not, thanks for stopping by. I'm Paul Arnold. I'm joined by Ernest Watts, and we've been doing this podcast for about almost three years, I guess. My wife says over three years. You know, time flies. But Ernest, I was checking our um, numbers, our analytics, as the kids like to say these days, of our podcast, and a sudden weird thing happened in March. We had 165 downloads in one day. From, of all places, it even lets me see a world map of from London, England. So who do you think wanted to listen to us that bad in London, England? It's soccer talk, particularly when David's on. Who is it? Well, it could be that there's three prime ministers that are out of the job over there, so... <laughs> it uh, yeah, could be one of them. Could be, be Daniel be, Craig. He's bored now that he's not bonded that's anymore. That's right. Or Benedict Cumberbatch. Or, or boy, boy, there's a, you can't say, uh, boy, there's so many great, I mean, it, it, it's strange. Patrick Stewart. He, he well, likes he's Michigan. A, he, he came here, lived here a month. But he lives in New York now. Wow. So he, he lives in, he's an expat. Is like say expatriate. Yeah. There's so many English. Well, you know, a lot of them have passed away. Um, Tom Tom Hardy, maybe. Tom Hardy. Uh, yeah. I'm forgetting the guy who actually played Batman, Bale, Christian Bale. Christian Bale. He's Welsh. Well, okay. He's Welsh American, so he he lives over here in the states. Or maybe it's Prince Harry on his way home. You know, he just was really bored and, and pushed the button he, too many times. He, you know, whoever is who else is Welsh. Was Welsh, shall I say? So Richard Burton. Oh, that's a real actor. old actor reference there. Okay, uh, Sir Anthony Hopkins. Oh, there Welsh you go. Also. So those my ancestors are my ancestors are everything but English. The Welsh, Scotch, and Irish. Yeah, which means my ancestors have been fighting for <laughs> their freedom against. The England brave for such a long time. You think somebody's the royal? You think it's Charles? Uh, Charles could be trying. You know, he, he's got to expand. He's got to learn more. I maybe think. He, maybe he wants us to perform at the the <laughs> royal. He can't get anybody else to show up. The show up at his crown. When yeah, he gets the, the crown. He gets the crown. Maybe he wants us to over there. Perhaps. Yeah, we're having fun, but it's most likely a bot or a company that wants to sell me something to repackage my podcast or our podcast. It's a British pot. It's a British pot. Oh, that's upper crust pot, a stiff upper yes. lip pot. Yes, yes. I was, I was, I was, Mr. Bean, perhaps? He would do uh, it 75 times. Mr. Bean, man. I was. I grew up watching Benny Hill late at night, which is like silent movie shtick, and... Um, I just it was always so funny. It's like that's always been funny, silent humor, but our kids these days don't appreciate it because we saw Keystone Cops, Buster Keaton, silent movie by Mel Brooks. Three Stooges. Three Stooges. Sometimes yeah, it's got, better I without the words. I have trivia for Benny Hill. Well, let's explain. Benny Hill was a TV sort of body actress that liked to chase after women, and it wouldn't be politically correct anymore. But go ahead, Benny Hill. Oh, he never got married. Did you know that? That isn't it. One of the uh, the girls that you know, is in the background on all that yeah. is uh, the same actress that played Daphne on Frasier. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. There we go. So There's we our, talked our, about TV 20 years ago now and 50 years ago, which yes, is good. Yes, I was going to say. <laughs> ben Hill was one of those. It was that and Money Python were, were showed late night by a lot of independent stations or yes. public Broadcast systems that didn't have a local 
news programs. So they would put it up against that. And, and that's my exposure to, to Monty Python was that on public television uh, late night back in the 70s in yeah. that respect. So there we go. Well, let me transition to something that's happening more recent than that. So we, in this podcast, like hockey. Sometimes we love hockey, but we don't talk about it very much because the season is long, and in, I feel like until the playoffs, why well, watch it? But now it's the playoffs, and I'm watching the Stars against the Blues right now, and these kids, I'm really skewing old. They look like they sh- don't even know how to shave yet. Is the NHL getting younger, or is it just my imagination? Well, all the guys you remember are now uh, <laughs> studio studio announcers for ESPN and TBS. That's true. That's that's the problem. Messier, mm, we it, still love you. A lot of I think the the big explosion has been the American talent and the talent from Scandinavia. Because when I first watching hockey in the '60s, there was less than five Americans. But then again, you only had six teams then. And I think the proliferation of American hockey teams have, has brought out American talent. I mean, the the best, one of the top three players is from Phoenix, Arizona. And only because of the Phoenix Coyotes. And he's he's half Hispanic. So that's, that's Austin Matthews. And it was interesting to watch a little bit of his story. I was watching a brief thing that his dad started taking him um, to the Coyotes games. When Coyotes, when the Jets moved to the Phoenix area. And that's how he got hooked. And they have a youth program, which a lot of these Southern-based teams have youth hockey teams. The Canes do, the Lightning, the Panthers, uh, even the Stars, they have youth hockey. And, and a lot of guys are playing in the low minors now from those particular areas. But you know what opened up, what opened the door for hockey in the Sunshine States? Um, the... Cable TV, satellite the trade, TV. the trade. Oh, when oh when Kings. Gretzky went to Phoenix, yeah, and it, it kind of made it a national sport because the first Sunshine franchise was the old Atlanta Flames. Yes, and after think, the Miracle on Ice. Yeah, didn't you say your mother-in-law went to games at some time? A few times, yeah. I think my wife and her went, but I always was interested because. Craig, the goalie for the yeah, Olympic Craig. hockey team, went to the Flames, and he flamed out. Ooh, I didn't mean to say that. Did I? Yeah, well, I did. Yeah, well, doesn't always translate international hockey to uh, regular hockey. But that's, that's you know, it's, it's rooted. I mean, you've got certain franchises like the Stars, like the Canes, like Nashville, the and the Lightning, of course, that, that are a, a big part. I would dare say... The Lightning is probably the most followed franchise in the Tampa Bay area, even including the Buccaneers now. Well, they had so many transplanted Canadians move to Florida during the you know the late 2000s. I think they got part of that going. Plus, they have a great franchise the way they've been run all these years. Yeah. That, that brings up the old statement. Jack King Cook bought the Kings and put them in the forum with the Lakers, and, and the attendance was real low. And he kept saying, well, I bought this franchise when I was told there's 800,000 Canadians transplanted in Southern <laughs> California. And now I know why. They hated hockey. That's why they moved <laughs> to Southern California. Yeah. 
you got to have more going for it. I, I, we've said this before. Hockey is one of those sports that is so much better in person. But I have to tell you, high-def TV, and this is another old man reference, has improved the TV experience so much. And oh, yes. the, but you can't get the speed of the game watching on TV. Those guys are flying full out for about two or three minutes during their shift, and then they go rest because... I think they got to be as good a shape as soccer players. You know the, how fast it's a marathon every time they go out there or a sprint. More physical. That's another thing that does not translate on television is the physicality of the sport in the corners, and that that's been dropped back. I mean, fights aren't as common as they used to be. That that you know, every team used to have two or three guys that were just there to be goons, just to you know start fights when the team fell behind. And that's that's been taken away, and everybody thought when that was removed, the sport would change. But we're entering into what I think is the, the most exciting segment of sports, and that's, that's Stanley Cup playoff hockey. You know, sudden death, you can watch a game, one little mistake. It's, it's overtime, and, and Stanley Cup hockey is the most intense sporting event there is. Well, we used to say, you know, this is the most wonderful time of the year of sports when there's multiple playoffs going on. We're about to have basketball and hockey playoffs, plus have baseball going on. And we have the USFL coming along and the XFL coming to an end. But is there such a thing as a, the best time of the year in sports anymore? I think NFL has proved that they're a year-round sport. What do you, is it, what's the best time of the year, Ernest? I think the NBA has proven it's a year-round. It, it's got to be well, I think it'll be October. October, you got them all going. You got the NFL, you got baseball, you got hockey. You don't quite have basketball. And and uh, it's, it's like I said. And, and then speaking of hockey, not to jump off the subject, I watched an exciting NCAA final last Saturday. Between yeah, Minnesota why do you have to bring that up, Ernest? Ernest, well, you know Michigan lost like their fourth time well, in a row in the Final Four, Frozen Four. Let me show you my my uh, connection with Quinnipiac. First of all, my team, the Hurricanes, Brenda Moore, uh, Rob Brenda Moore, who's the coach, his son plays for Quinnipiac. Uh, when I was coaching junior college basketball back in the 80s, head coach was from Quinnipiac. So anytime we'd go up and play a tournament up in New England, we'd drop by Quinnipiac and they'd feed Which us. Which is a small college in Connecticut. Yes, very small, very small. That's why ESPN always roots for them. It's, it was Division Two up until maybe Division Two, still in a few sports. But it was Division Two for like up to about nine years ago. And it's a, it's a little urban campus in southern central Connecticut. And, that you know, uh, that's my connection to it. I knew where it was. And uh, I was kind of pulling, you know, after Michigan lost, of course. But I was kind of pulling for them against. Uh, and then again, they had never won a championship. And it was amazing that the coach broke down so much that he asked the, the, the uh, guy on the sidelines, can I have a hug? And just hugged him at the end of the game. I'd never seen a reaction like that before. Hmm. But you course, mean his players that, didn't hug him? What's the No, deal? well, they were all going wild on their own. And it, it, it was one in the first six seconds of overtime. It was two passes, boom, and it was over. It was an amazing finish. And they come back from being down 2-0, and I think uh, Minnesota had not lost a game where they had a lead the entire year long. 
But that's, well, that's yeah, Michigan kind of was over- feeling pretty good because they had beaten Minnesota the last two times they played them. So they were thinking, now we just get by this small school, we get in the finals, we'll take care of Minnesota. Not so fast, my friend, as Lee Corso would say. So anyways, getting back, this is a great time of year to watch sports, but it's so nice outside uh, up here right now in spring, and it's like, oh, I don't want to sit inside and watch TV. I want to be out. Take your phone outside. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about NHL predictions for this year. So I haven't been tracking. All I know is Boston's a beast, and they're the prohibitive favorites. Give me a couple other teams that might beat Boston. Okay, Boston will not come out of the East. They have the oh. curse of the President's Cup. You know, it's different. What you've done in the regular season, playoff hockey is entirely different. Um, um, my Hurricanes, but they're missing one of their best wingers, so they're playing a little short. The Devils, with Jack Hughes, have become a talented team. They're nipping at the Canes' heels, so to speak. I mean, you've almost every team... Has uh, has uh, one has a hundred points. The Islanders have Holback, which they picked up from Vancouver Canucks. He's I think he's got like forty five goals. Uh, the team I think coming out has got loaded with talent, scoring ability. Uh, I mean, top to bottom, they scare me, and they've got great goaltending. And that's the New York Rangers. I think the Rangers will come out of the East. But it's, yeah. it's a packed, packed. I mean, this is the first time in 20, 21 years, 17 years that the Penguins are not in the playoffs. Yeah, the last they're... time Sid, the not so much a kid anymore, was not in the playoffs was his rookie year. And once again, the Red Wings are not in the playoffs. Um, but the team that impresses me when I've watched a few times, Edmonton, because I'm all about watching McDavid. He is a tremendous player. And I thought he was older than he was. I thought he was in his 30s. I think you mm. said he's 26, 27. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's 26, 27. I mean, there's a the young talent. It's very similar to what the situation baseball's in with the young talent, with, with him and McKinnon and Matthews. You've got all these guys that are under 30. Uh, we Ajo with the, the Canes. Uh, you got a load of young talent. Uh, Adam Fox with the uh, Rangers. Uh, you've got Pasternick, who I think is just under 30, who scored 60 goals for the Bruins. The big thing with the Bruins is their goaltending. But but again, I, I, there's a curse. I think it's been 20 years since the President's Cup, which is what they give to the team with the highest point, regular season point total, has gotten to the NHL Finals. So it's just a burden to bear. We know none of the Canadian teams will get there because they never get to the end. <laughs> yeah. So sorry, Toronto. Toronto, again, is loaded with talent. Uh, Toronto, Toronto snake bit over and oh, over yeah. again. They're like the Red Sox of the NHL. There isn't a team in the Eastern playoffs that doesn't have at least five or six all-star players. I mean, that's, that's solid, solid. To score 100 points in the regular season for your team total. And again, I know... It's different than it was 15 years ago because now we don't have ties. Everybody gets points. You know, you, you get a, you go into overtime, you'll get a tie. If you go to shootout, you get a point. I mean, that's I understand that, but I still think the, the load of talent is is some of the yes young talent, 
and all these teams. But the, the, the Rangers are my pick of the East. The West is wide open. Boy, I'd really go off the chart and say Seattle, but they oh, have no. too, too hard. Yeah, too hard to run. I mean, Vegas is always there. Vegas has got a new goaltender. I think they've solved that problem. They've got the scoring ability. I've picked the Oilers the last three years, and that's blown up in my face. So I'm going to go with a Vegas Rangers Ooh. final. Wow, that sounds pretty good. And I think I think it, it won't be it won't be saying 1995 anymore. I think the Rangers will get their second Stanley Cup since 1947 because their goalie's that good. Yeah, yeah, he's he's good. The Petro is that the goalie or is it a? Uh, a, a... It's it's Russian and it starts with S H. And if I try and say it, I will butcher it. So I shall not. And we'll have to bleep it out if you butcher yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You may have to. They're just solid. All all four lines have scoring. I mean, that's it's, it's and they've picked up some great pickups during the trade thing. I, I was a little envious of what they were able to do, and Kane's kind of stuck with who they had, and felt like the young talent they have. We, we're, they're missing the Canes are missing one more score, and now with uh, with uh, Shostakov off, they got his name right. Um, they're just not having that goal. I mean, they haven't played as well since he went down. But they're a defensive team. I mean, they've got as much as scoring as the Rangers do. The Canes have the best four pairings of defense, I think, in the league. Goalies kind of scare me. Yeah. That's all you got to have is a hot goalie. I mean, the, the, the Panthers are going to be the eighth seed. And they could eat. I could. So no love for Tampa Bay, huh? For the Lightning. They've gotten a little old, and and I think I mean they're a great team. In the West, they'd be number one. Because their goalie has proven over and over again that he's one of the best ever. I mean. Yeah, I mean they've got that solid talent, but they're all in their late thirties now, and this might be their last. They may have to retool that team after this year. And I mean, no love for Colorado. Hard to win back to back. It truly is. I like I said. I just the Rangers are just solid. They have solid. They just are, have it everywhere you want to ask for. No, Tampa Bay is. Look out for the Panthers. They they won five straight up to tonight. All right. They've so here's one of good. my famous tangents that I like to throw into the mix. You okay. played football. I played hockey growing up. I played from uh, third grade to a senior in high school, and then I played a couple years when I was a 50-year-old. Anyways, and you played football. Besides, you know, the jockstrap, which we all know is, you know, has its own aroma. And before the days of Febreze, what was the stinkiest pad in your bag of or your locker of equipment? I think you have to call it the athletic supporter rather than what we commonly called it all the time. Yes. In the nether regions. No, no. Now, I'm I, saying I, besides I, that. I'm saying besides beside, that. Besides that? Uh, wow. Because uh, that's the too easy one to go shoulder to. Shoulder pads. Shoulder pads. Yeah. And then listen, I wore every pad. I was like Eric, you know, Eric Dickerson. used to <laughs> give a hard time that he wore every pad. I did. I wore uh, 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 forearm, 
I wore the hand pad. Oh, nice. I, oh, yeah, I won the, the shin guards. I wore everything. I had protection all the way around. But I had the oldest, moldiest <laughs> uh, shoulder pads. They were very, very small. And they just fit well. And, you know, I wasn't worried about speed because you have to have speed for it to be effective. But I wore everything. I, I, had, I had stupid me is I put lamp black on my, under my eyes and we had night games. <laughs> life of me, I don't understand why I did that. But, yeah, I would, I, yeah, the shoulder pads were kind of right. Well, thigh pads, too. I mean, actually, the whole thing stopped. I mean, you just, yeah. you just, right. Uh, in a football game in the South where it's very, very humid, yes. you're right, you stink before you come out. Oh, the locker rooms were just horrible. It's before Febreze was shown and, around or lights off. You're a teenager, you, you have that teenage. Yeah, what's the deal? Funk. That's what you always smell like, yeah. Teenage funk. <laughs> I don't know what it is, or they didn't have Febreze, they didn't have Tuffy, they didn't have all those things. Yeah, my and mom would make me hang out my hockey gear out in the garage. We live up in Michigan in the winter, and when I'd pack it back up, it'd be frozen. But uh, it was the uh, elbow pads and the knee pads were the stinkiest, and just because you didn't think about it and you wouldn't. But it's hard to clean pads like that. Like, what are you going to do? You're not going to throw them in the washer. You just lice all them once in a while and hope for the best. Anyways, that's a strange tangent. But, yes, the full experience, the five senses of, of sports fandom that we have. So, all right, so let's go on to the Masters just happened. That's another thing we don't talk about too much golf, except for we've been whining or I've been whining about the Live Tour and and once again, my childhood image of sports has been tainted. But anyways, did you watch the Masters? What's your big takeaway? In, at half times of XFL games. <laughs> I mean, it was, good Lord, Sunday lasted forever. And I think it was kind of, I know that Phil made a charge. He and did. Boy, he got to eight under. That would have been the story of the century if he, he had won. But I did see the tree fall. On Saturday, yeah, that the was storms scary. and all that. But you know, it's it's let's face it. When Tiger isn't Tiger anymore, it takes a lot of the interest out. And and you know, uh, I think, and it's going to sound very pro- provincial, but I think when an American is leading, it generates more interest nationwide. Well, Kepka was leading going into Sunday. Yeah, but you know, this is you hear what. Kepka did it a Florida Panthers game, didn't you? Oh, no, say it's okay. not so, Brooks. Okay, okay. it was Eric Eblar, who's one of the defensemen, who's kind of a, uh, shall we say, traffic light, if you understand what that means in mm-hmm. hockey parlance. He can't stop anybody. And uh, a drunk Kepka at one of the games went down to the ice and threw a traffic cone towards him on the ice. Ooh, no, not classy. <laughs> no, classy no, 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 not classy at all. I mean, it, it, I just kind of wonder if playing an extra day kind of wore them out a little bit. Yeah, that's been uh, the biggest gripe. And Kep- no shorts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah Kepka you imagine has all walked- the talent, though. Go ahead. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. You imagine somebody walked out on shorts at, at the Masters uh, no. at Augusta. Oh, they would just, they probably got snipers in the trees to take them out. 
Yeah. You know, it's like Wimbledon of the U.S. There's certain rules, and you got to play. Kepka played good when he was at the Masters. Even when he lost, he did press conferences. And right after the round was over and he lost to John Rahm, the reporter had enough guts to say, you know, it's been an interesting year for you with Liv, the other tour, and this and that. And I thought, where is she going with this? And his eyes got a little bigger, like, "Uh uh-oh, what are you going to go? And then she turned around saying, but it must really feel nice to be here, even though this has been a tough day. <laughs> and he said, yeah, I wish I would have won. And, but no doubt he ran out of gas. And John Rahm was so focused. I haven't seen a guy that focused since, here's an old man reference, Jack Nicholas used to be out there. I mean, he had that, you know, killer look that, you know, take care of the crowd, you know, take care of self, take care of the crowd. Um, Rob, but even, he, even the greatest the player who won it, on the 18th hole, he does a duck hook into the woods, and it was fortunate it didn't make it all the way to the woods. So even the best players can't control it 100% of the time. You heard the story about the Masters dinner. For Where, those you, for those of you not familiar, before the tournament starts, yes, the previous year's winner, they invite all the ex-champions come in, and he selects, and it kind of sounds like the menu, sounds like something from... Uh, Ruby Tuesdays, sliders, those things. But yeah, Scotty Scheffler was the winner last year, so he picked the food this year. The story is uh, Phil ate in the corner by himself. Ooh. Yeah, he was really, but the story was he was really shunned more than the other live guys. The Sergio, you think Sergio would be kind of shunned a lot. So Sergio didn't go over to eat with Phil? <laughs> no. No. Bill out by himself eating. And it's it's kind of strange. This is a guy that pretty much was set up to own golf, particularly after Tiger's problems. And and when he won the, the tournament down in, in South Carolina a couple of years ago, uh, he, he could have owned the sport. But he just constantly shoots himself in the foot, I believe. But he looks marvelous right now, right? The old yeah, Billy yeah, Crystal well, reference. You know, make all the bets on the side and all the gambling money. Yeah, it looks pretty good. But he's, he's kind of like that guy who tries real hard to be liked. But for some reason, he, he just tries too hard to be liked, I guess, to that extent. But, yeah, but, well, they, they interviewed Freddie Couples about the dinner, and Freddie Couples has been pretty harsh about some of the live players. Like, hey, go make your money, but don't put down our tour. And uh, we'll see what you want to do when that tour ends. But he said the biggest, best moment he ever had at the Masters dinner was um, the Japanese guy, uh, Matsuyama, mm-hmm. who doesn't speak English well at all, m- memorized or gave his whole speech in English. And when he was done, they gave him a standing ovation because they just felt like he really put himself out there to really honor the Masters and to, you know, just show his respect. And I thought that was really classy. He said they gave him a standing ovation. So, well, but he says, go ahead. Go ahead. It's just he said it's couple says it's getting better than it used to be, and they're sharing more stories. So, the story this came out before the tournament. I don't know if you're aware of it or not. But a judge rules that the European tour can now ban live players, which means they will not uh, those who played on that tournament can't come and drop in and accumulate world tour points. Ooh, so they can't play the British Open and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
that's pretty much it. Now, I'm sure it's going to be tied up in court, like all things are these days. Very much so. Hopefully, the Japanese that, that he learned was better than what George Britt taught Ichiro <laughs> Suzuki. You know this story, don't you? No, tell it. I'm just okay. laughing where you're going. I, I got to clean it up here a little bit. So, uh, when Ichiro first came over, he knew no English whatsoever. And George Britt approached him in an all star game, and they were playing it in Kansas City. And he taught him a little sentence. So the next week, George Brett says, when they asked you about playing in the heat, say this. So they come, and it's live television, and they say, well, that, you know, he goes without his translator and says, how do you like playing in the, the heat of uh, here in the USA? Because it's considerably hotter here than it is in Japan. And he said, well, Kansas City hottest. And he said, well, what, how was it about Kansas City heat? He said, Kansas City too hot feels like Two rats, blank, in a sock. <laughs> what? What? On live TV. Oh. Yeah. George Britt dropped that little bomb and waited for it to happen. Of course, now, Idro did not understand what he was saying. Oh, my goodness. So be careful if you're another language what you pick up or what people try to find you. Well, baseball is famous for playing practical jokes. I mean, they always had the kangaroo court to humble young players and they they're together so long all year long they tying make, shoes together they, lighting the shoestring yeah they're little These kids in a way putting the gum on the on the top of their hat yeah so they brought the field and don't know the chewing gums on the hat yeah there's a whole hoist uh putting what was it uh some colored substance the shower head was that ink no, jello, putting jello in the shower heads. There's, there's a whole list of them. Yeah, too much time on their hands, but not anymore with the new rules. Baseball, I think, has made a huge turn in the right direction. Um, the numbers look good. Um, break up the so, Rays, break up the Rays. Yeah, the Rays are 13-0 and 0 as this podcast is being done on April 13th. Um, it's a really great time in baseball right now. Um, We'll see if the pitcher's arms will hold up. It's always about injuries. It's all about who gets hot. And so your Braves are doing okay. Not great, but okay. Well, we've got two starters out and our number one pitcher's out. So we're, we're treading. We're in a rough conference uh, division, excuse me. I'm still back in hockey. Uh, the, uh, the Phillies have started kind of slow. They're four and eight. The Mets will just buy up whoever they want. They'll buy another player. It's, there's a few teams that, and it's early. Uh, they say you can't win a pennant in April, but you could lose one. Uh, I don't think there's any teams. I think the Cardinals are the only surprise team that's not playing that well. I, I thought Minnesota would bounce back, and they're doing that. I did not know the athletics would be this bad. I saw an athletic game, and they, I, you know, they used to say that certain teams are AAA. They're like a double-A team. I mean, they're they're playing out the strain because they'll be in Vegas next year. Right. But they have just no talent whatsoever on that team. I mean, it's it's that's an easy series to win. I, I do like the new schedule in that everybody's playing pretty much the same schedule because everybody's playing the teams in the division twelve times and then they play every other team. So you do get. 
more than have to wait for three years if you're a National League team to see uh, Otani or Captain America with the Angels. Uh, you get a chance every other year to see him play. So I, I'd like that. The games, I mean, there was a Braves game that was under two hours last week. Yeah. It's, it's, it's quicker. Um, I see they're sticking with it, which I'm a little surprised. They do get timeouts, but I, I, I think the pace can help the sport grow. I mean, interest is now when you've got the NHL playoffs, the NBA playoffs starting, uh, the Masters, college basketball just finished. Uh, you got everything going on. The French Open will be starting soon. Yet, you know, usually the first two months of baseball are kind of ignored, like the first two months of NBA basketball. But this year, there's there's much more interest. You can see that. Maybe our average age of fans will dip below 60. Yeah, maybe. I, I know my son's excited that he can go to a game and know it's going to be done in two hours, two hours and a half, but or maybe three, but not anything longer. Um, I was just thinking there's a lot of great talent right now in baseball, a lot of interest, a lot of movement. But is there a baseball player you really miss that doesn't play anymore? Oh, Chipper. Yeah, I still miss Chipper. That shows my age. Chipper, Chipper Jones. Just had, yeah, just had a love for sport. Yeah, and and Ken Griffey Jr. I mean, that's have you seen the 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 commercial for the video game where Captain America is hitting a home run and and they think it's out and Griffey goes to the field and does one of his catches. It's just, no, what's that commercial it's for? A, it's it's for a, a hand. It's for a phone. Nine innings, I think it is, video game. You're talking Trout hitting a ball and Griffey yeah, grabbing it. Yeah, and, you know, Trout hits it and everything, whoa, it's gone, and then he tracks it down. And it's just nice to see Griffey in there. I mean, he's got a son who's probably going to be drafted as an NFL player. But it's just those two, I mean, those guys that love the sport and enjoy the sport. I could go back further in the old Orioles, but, but Chipper, I mean, I just enjoy it. And he still comes up and does broadcasting for the Braves games. But I, I, I miss him. Yeah. Which brings up an interesting point, and you can answer this. You, you've got a, an unusual circumstance in which one of the star players for the Tigers has stepped away from the sport for anxiety. Yeah. And I know for older generations, they're not quite, and then baseball fans are traditionally older individuals, not quite understanding that circumstances with, with, with Matthews. Uh, how, how's that going up in the Detroit area? Well, last year he did the, he took a leave of absence too. So, you know, in general, people are really apathetic about the Tigers anyways. They don't see them winning anything this year. They're just giving them another pass. I mean, between the Red Wings and the Pistons and the Tigers, we're just banking our hopes on the Lions, and Lions look like they have some potential. Um, I do think, yes, older generation says, hey, you just tough it out. You paid these millions of dollars. Even if you stink, you just finish the year, and if they cut you, they cut you. You don't quit before they quit on you. But that's not the way it is now. And to be honest, what I see coming out of the pandemic is that the days of ignoring uh, how stressed out we are, hopefully are going by the bypass because people used to hang in there to the point where they just broke down. And I think getting help earlier and better is healthier. 
And the reality is he can make more money, but if he's not healthy and he, it's so much so that he's depressed and of life, that's not worth any amount of money. So in general, people here have not squawked about it at all. The only thing they've squawked about is why did Alex Avila get him in the first place as a free agent when there was already some of this uh, scouting news that he had trouble with his, um, you know, his own psyche or his behavior, not behavior, but his own ability to handle the pressure. Yeah, he was number one draft pick by the Pirates who traded him to the Rays. And he had some decent seasons with the Rays. I pay attention to them quite a bit. Uh, it, it's interesting that I've, I've got a way back to the 70s there was a third baseman for uh, what the Guardians used to be, the Indians, Cleveland Indians, Max Elvis. And uh, he had one good season where he hit 30, and then the demands were so bad. There's a great little YouTube video where he's facing Lindy Hamilton, who was a, 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 a blooper ball pitcher for the uh, Yankees, where he strikes out and literally crawls back to the dugout on his hands and knees. Well, he got anxiety issues to the point where he walked away from the sport and committed suicide yeah. five years after the season. So uh, the, the, we, we, we look at the money aspect and don't understand the pressure and the pressure people put upon themselves. I mean, there, there are individuals that uh, put unrealistic demands on themselves and, and pay the price with anxiety in that issue. But you know, like I said, I knew he was a decent player with the Rays. I hated when the Rays traded him to the Tigers, but I knew that, that he hasn't had the success in Detroit that he had in Tampa uh, at that extent. So I, I was, and you were telling me that there are rumors that the, the manager is on the hot seat. Yeah, A.J. Hinch, uh, according to my friend Gene Gums that runs sportscountry.com, I guess that's the way it is now. Um, he was telling me that that's the rumor because the new GM is 36 years old. He's not. He didn't hire AJ Hinch. AJ Hinch came in two years, almost three years ago, saying, "Hey, it's going to get better." It looked like it was getting better. Then last year was a flop and a half. And I think AJ Hinch. The rumor is that he's almost ready to go out too. Like it's been harder than he thought. I think he'd like to get to a different team now. I think he's wondering when to bail. So let's. I think that could be happening pretty soon. I think for sports fans, that's maybe a good point, is when do you give up on a team or do you ever give up on your team? Like, I'm always loyal to the Tigers. I'll always watch it. I'll go watch a game, even if they don't have a winning record. But there's some seasons where I'm just not, my expectations are not high and I'm okay with that. I mean, what point do you say that as a team? Like, your Panthers were pretty bad last year. Not as bad as the Hornets have been this year <laughs> or the Pistons, for that matter. Um uh, I didn't go as many Hornets games this year. There was a lot of factors for that. I still followed them. I watched the game, but they were decimated by injuries, and their best player uh, is out of basketball because of a domestic violence issue in which his wife came out two days ago and sent pictures via Twitter to remind people that, that what she endured. And he was the leading scorer. Uh, best player has been injured all year long, LaMelo Ball. And it, it's just collapsed. And outside of getting Victor Wintanyama in the lottery, and they're fourth, 
the best odds are Detroit and uh, Houston. But outside of getting him, I don't know if an individual player is, is going to be. It's gotten to the point where Michael Jordan is looking about selling. Uh, yeah, selling his part, which he owns less than 50%, but he is the voting member. And uh, he can sell his 40%, I think, for almost a billion dollars, which ain't too bad. Yeah. yeah. So I can, I can understand. It's been harder for him than I think he anticipated. And uh, unless you get that, there's the luck of getting that star player in the NBA. Uh, if it's Giannis Antetokounmpo, who was a late first-round draft pick, or Kawhi Leonard, who was a late first-round draft pick, I mean, you're just going to be lucky. You you got to have a star at least to be a playoff team, and and to be a, a contender, you've got to have multiple stars. It's it's fascinating as we transition talking to the NBA slowly but surely. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, the first of the year, I thought Boston was the best team I'd seen, but now I I kind of lean to to uh, with Middleton coming back. I think Milwaukee is the favorite. Coming out of the East, I mean, you see the Heat getting just pummeled by Atlanta, and they had beaten Atlanta eight straight times. But I think Milwaukee's going to come out of the East, and in the West, is so wide open. Uh, I do think the Lakers will upset Memphis in the first round. The fact that Memphis has two starters out, Stephen. Uh, Steven Adams and uh, uh, their power forwards out. And uh, I don't think the Lakers will go much further than that. I, no. I think it's going to be Phoenix. I think we're going to see a rematch of two years ago. Right now, Phoenix is undefeated when Durant plays. They have not lost a game with Durant. But the question of Durant, of course, is health. How, yeah, Can he fragile. stay healthy the whole time? And Chris Paul's not a young chicken anymore, although... His commercials show him walking all the time. Right now, ABC is going, dear Lord, don't don't give us Sacramento-Cleveland. <laughs> Please don't get us Sacramento-Cleveland for a final. That's yeah. an interesting series to see Sacramento and Golden State. Golden State has the worst road record of any team in the NBA this year. Even worse than the Hornets, the Rockets, or the Pistons. And they're well, playing Pistons a team have lost hour away. their number one draft pick a year, not this past year, but a year before that, has been hurt all year, Cunningham. And I don't think they're rushing him back. And they're letting Ivy, their pick this year, develop. So they're hoping. I mean, they're hoping. But uh, so it comes down to you can watch a, a, a final, Stanley Cup final game or NBA finals game. Which one are you going to watch? Oh, wow. It depends a lot on the teams. It really was, but I'd probably go NHL final. They always schedule it so they're not conflicting. Like the NHL finals usually finish up about the week before the NBA finals. They are good about that. Uh, you know, and they both try to put them in June so they don't really affect the, the network charges for their advertising rates. So it's it, in the old days it used to have a conflict but now you know especially the nba good gracious you, you can have a seven game series that goes two weeks i mean they can Ugh. play on sat sunday and 
not play another game until the following Saturday. It's amazing that LeBron played so many years so far in the playoffs and then came back every year. I mean, he played more games within a 10-year span than anybody's ever done. Well, I think it's stretched out of more. I mean, back in the 80s and 90s, it was more of not back. Yeah, there were back-to-back. I remember when the in the eighties when the the Celtics and the uh, Lakers would play, they'd have back to back games, back to back dates in the finals. So that was and that was when the NBA really wasn't the ratings draw it is now. So it, it is amazing to get that he has played the equivalent of his his uh, career, the equivalent of four extra seasons. Yeah playoffs crazy 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 all right we got to get to some entertainment news before we wrap this podcast up i know you're looking really forward to garden of the galaxies coming out it's the last one of the series chris pratt's wrapping it up the clips i've seen the uh, previews look like it's going to be a fun one not that it's overly serious but uh, seeing groot back as a teenager looks cool um so what do you think is there a Something you're looking for in this last one? Have you read some of the cheat, you know, like the well, spoilers? James, James Gunn, who the director says is as a Marvel movie, he is changing. Uh, the last few Marvel movies have been saving the world. Yeah. And he's trying to narrow it down to a crisis within the family. Make uh. it a little bit more personal and intimate in that extent. He says this is his last Marvel movie he's directing. Because he's going to so, D.C. Yeah, he's going to see D.C. So he, he said, I'm going to try it this direction and, and see how this works. I know that at least one of the characters is going to die. There's a, there's a scene where you see uh, Chris Pratt crying like someone has died. It's a raccoon. It's got to be the raccoon. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I'm going to stay off... This is one of the movies that I will stay off spoilers. I really, truly will. I did that with John Wick and was pleasantly surprised. But I will stay off the spoilers for this. I, you I mean really you were don't. surprised the spoilers were wrong or they were right? Uh, no, I was surprised how it ended. Yeah. I, I stayed away from it because I wanted to be surprised. Even though John Wick movies are more about the choreography. The, you know, uh, I was a kid. I watched the Bruce Lee movies, and and Jackie Chan and all those, and and the the, or, the choreography, and it's just done so well. And all the John Wick movies, but this one kind of led you to a point where you knew it reached, but at the same time you thought the lure of fil- filthy lucre would <laughs> adapt their. I mean, listen, we're up to what? Uh, 15 of Fast and Furious so far. Oh, uh, I know. Mean, don't get me they've started. They've done everything but gone into space. I mean, but has Reeves left. made more on the Wick series than the Matrix series? He's made the same number of movies. I know, sure. but money probably money more with the Wick. Yeah, yeah, money, yeah. Because he's producing these. And yeah, the yeah. House that. yeah. So, yeah, definitely he did that. Uh, and, and, he, I think, set some type of record is the fewest number of words spoken by a lead <laughs> character. In the movie. That's thought, not oh, surprising. 
I thought all the Clint Eastwood, the, the Italian westerns he did. Oh, uh, he the, doesn't. Man uh, with no name. He would not say that many words either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, other movies you're eager to see? Oh, uh, I'm trying to think. How about uh, the Nicholas Kane? Oh, uh, yeah, I'll go Cage see Kane's Vampire, Renfield. Renfield. Yeah. Uh, which is our, uh, one of the rare things is a comedy horror movie in that extent. And, you know, uh, Nicholas Cage just, just, again, just just eats it up. I mean, he just goes for it. He chews up the scenery. I, I know my grandson's. Will have me take him to see the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse Part One, which I've got to let him know that this this is the first part. There's going to be, it's going to be one of those at the end go to be continued. So you know they're not going to wrap everything up in the last five minutes like you used to in movies. Yeah, uh, it means that the next DC movie is going to be Aquaman, I think. Yeah. Well, Flash. The Flash, yeah, I'm excited to see the Flash. I mean, it's just good to see my uh, two Superman, two Batmans, another super person. But it'd be it's nice to see those. They used to when I was a kid, and you get DC comics, and Marvel would do it too. I actually have a couple copies of these still. The team ups. Yes. I have. I have. I have the DC versus Marvel comic books. Yep. And of course, now they they played it out, so. No one really truly loses. It's like the uh, Muhammad Ali Superman. Comic yeah, right. I had that one. Where Superman took a dive, and the Flash and Superman that raced, and they tie at the end. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, they you know they never do anything to just. But I like those team ups. I really truly do. I mean, those one of the best things about the last Spider Man movie. Oh, that was cool. Yeah, people like that. The idea of all the Spider-Man and all these different characters. and uh, You enjoy the thing. That's the something new. And unfortunately, that also lends to the the, uh, multiverse, which they're really... I don't think the multiverse is becoming as aesthetically appealing to the audience as Marvel thought it would. Yeah, I think I'm a little over that. I mean... I think you're right. I think that people want drama, but they don't... You can't save the world every single time, or 20 worlds. It was like, first, Avengers saved the world. Now they have to save the universe. Now they have to save the universe over all time periods. It's like, okay, how you can't go any further than that. Stop always making it bigger. Make it more personal. I agree. I think Spider-Man makes it does a really good job of making it personal. I think Secret Wars, which is coming out in June with Samuel Jackson, which will be a Disney Plus, that that kind of excites me a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and 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 the Mandalorian is getting to one of those points where I think there's only two episodes left. And yeah, they're, they're paint- setting up a next season with the yeah, bad guy coming back. They're painting themselves in the corner, and and the Picard, which has two more uh, episodes, and it's it's. They've all but said, this is it. We're not coming back. I mean, there's a scene where Riker comes out and says, one last time, let's go out in glory. And I think even though Sir Patrick Stewart's going to appear as Professor X in the Wolverine Deadpool movie, uh, <laughs> he ain't a spring chicken anymore. I mean, it, when you go back and watch Picard now, 
Yeah, and then him now. And you you go, look at ooh. The, 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 the next generation shows, there's a big difference. So it was a neat thing that in uh, Picard, uh, the bad guys go in and they steal Picard's body from the archives because now he's not in his human body. They also steal uh, Kirk's body. Why? That's what you find out in the last two episodes. Okay. That's called a, that's, that's called a, uh, a tease. A, a tease, yes. All right, let's wrap this thing up. Your f- final two minutes. Is somebody famous died in sports that you want to talk no. about? No. <laughs> somebody famous died. No, I'm not going to think of. Uh, I'm just enjoying all the sports. Like I said, I really got into that NCAA hockey final. That was enjoyable. Something kind of I tripped into and started watching. But it, again, it's I'm 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 afraid we're you know we're going to get in July when all we have is baseball and, and baseball is <laughs> exciting now. But right now there's everything. It's a cornucopia, and and we're getting to the point with the XFL and USFL, which this probably won't be here next year. And with Canadian football gearing up in June, there's a football game on every weekend of the year. This is what I've been dreaming for. This is better than free candy. This is better than spending a night at the Playboy Mansion. This is nirvana to have football. I I know it's not NFL quality, but it's still, I just love, I mean, it's pretty much the same with basketball with the summer league because after the finals you'll have a month of the summer league oh, you're forgetting and soccer soccer is always there for you yeah yeah soccer's always there too and uh, eric harlan uh with manchester city almost had a bicycle kick in the uefa game it's 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 interesting they just listed all the uh premier league teams that'll be coming to the u.s during the summer to play uh exhibition games yeah and, and, but yeah it's Maybe they need to start broadcasting Caribbean baseball. Maybe. Oh baseball. no 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 oh no! Now we've gone well, they, a step too far. They do have that three on three hockey. Have you ever watched that on CBS? No no. You we need to do intervention for you, Ernest. If you're watching okay, three on right. three okay. hockey, right. wow. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, it's a good time of the year to be a sports fan. We appreciate all of you listening. Yeah. yeah, it's a great time of the year. Um, we just hope that after we watch all the sports, our our wives will still talk to us. But anyway, we enjoy it. Hey, get out there, enjoy the weather, be good to your family. For Ernest Watts, this is Paul Arnold. Have a good night. <laughs>